the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. What is God's purpose for you in His church? To sit there for an hour on a Sunday? Or is there something more to it? Let's talk about that next, here on Truth For Today. You know, the misconception is, is that church happens for about an hour and a half on a Sunday, and that's about it. If you're really righteous or radical, you may even include a Sunday evening and, ooh, for the super righteous, a Wednesday night. There is so much more to church than sitting in a pew for an hour or so. Welcome to Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Today, we continue our series, Why Church?, God's purpose for you in His church is the subject of our time today. Won't you join us? Find out what church really is all about. Here's Pastor Phil with today's program. I want to speak on God's purpose for the church. Uh, There's probably many, many purposes that He wants to, to edify, to do this and that. We know the key verse has never been completely fulfilled is Matthew 28. Go to the nations, uh, lead people to Christ, disciple them, teach them to obey everything Christ said. We live with that great commission no matter. It's reach the lost, train the saved. Reach the lost, train the saved. And so uh, I want to focus on Ephesians 4 kind of the masshead of what I started this church about was to train saints because my burden uh, growing up in the church uh, I was saved among some wonderful people loved the Lord uh, but in my particular local church uh, you, you would never know the Bible if you went there for 20 years because it was not a teaching ministry. We could sing wonderful, a lot of great services. Uh, I was saved there. Uh, I would have been saved that night in a bar if somebody would have just made the invitation. I was so under conviction. I, and I'm not putting down any. I'm just, I was ready to be born, like birthing the baby. It, it was my time. But I grew up under a ministry of uh, very little Bible teaching. And... Uh, so it wasn't until I'd been saved, let's see, uh, six years or so before I ever heard of the word uh, justification, let's say, which is a, a major thing. And many of you today may have never heard it uh, or you don't know what it means. Uh, I find out that as my journey has gone along, how many people uh, remain ignorant of the Bible, even though they're faithful to a church uh, and I, I think there's so many things put at our doorstep do evangelism do care do this do that one day it hit me there will always be sick people but there will not always be physicians there will always be people in need 
will we ever take time to train people how to minister to those needs? Because uh, I remember it was Rich Rollins one time, he, he gave me the number, how many well people it takes to run a hospital. You might have 40 patients, but you might wind up with 200 people running the hospital. Maybe more than that. And so uh, we welcome the needy. We welcome people however they come. But God has a goal for those that are saved. Look at Ephesians 4. We'll pick up at verse 7. But grace was given to each one of us. And who would that be? Believers. Did he say to each preacher? To each apostle? And then who is that us again? Wake up. Call back. The us is us. Believers. And he's writing to the church here. This is a community pastored by Timothy. According to the measure of Christ's gift. God has distributed gifts to all of his children. And uh, they come in different measurements. Uh, some are gifted greater. Some may be lesser. Some are going to have a... There's a lot of evangelists God has given the church. Not everyone's a Billy Graham. Not everyone's going to have that kind of worldwide impact, but it doesn't mean they can't be an evangelist, right? But God determines the breadth and the length. And so he says, I've measured out to my children, I've measured out gifts to them. Every child. And I hear some children of God say, well, I don't know what to do in the church. I'm not gifted. Uh, You just call God a liar. God says you're gifted. And then he says... Therefore, it says, when he ascended on high and he led a host of captives, he gave gifts to men. Psalms 68. In saying he ascended, what does it mean? But that he had also descended into the lower regions, the earth. Now, some make, he went into paradise and all that. And that may be true. But here, the lower regions, is he's coming from all the way up here, the lower regions. He was incarnate. He came to the earth. So he came to the earth. And after that, he, the one who descended is the one who also ascended far above all the heavens that he might fill all things. And as a part of his victory, because the Psalm 68 is a conquering general. He, as he, when the generals would come back, they would bring slaves that they'd captured. And, uh, They would also bring gifts. They would give to the population. They distributed gifts to the soldiers. It was a big celebration, and the victory was celebrated by the giving of gifts. And the conquering general would display them. The picture is of Christ. He came from heaven. He came to the earth. He ascended back. And as this conquering general that conquered death, hell, Satan, and conquered uh, the grave... When he goes up, he says, I distributed gifts, and my gifts were spiritual gifts of service among my people. And he begins to name some of the gifted men that he gave to the church for the church to fulfill its purpose. Now watch what he says. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, 
same for pastor and teachers. Now, why did he give them? And we're going to look at six things that ought to happen in us if one of these gifted men have been able to train us. You see, the church is God's university for teaching the saints. It's God. Did you know in uh, Ephesians 3, he said that angels attend the local church and they observe the wisdom of God when they see Jews and Gentiles meeting in the same place and worshiping the same God. Chapter 3. Now over here, God the Son is the president of this university. And his curriculum is the Word. And his faculty happen to be gifted teachers. Gifted men and women to teach the Word of God. Now, what we're going to see is what will be the result of this being set up and this being taught by these men. Let's see what he says. He gave these men to equip the saints. What in the world does that mean? Uh, To equip the saints. What does that mean? Well, the word equip has various usages. It's used in Matthew 4 that Peter was mending the broken nets. They mended them. So see, the nets were meant to capture the fish, but when you got a huge hole in it, because there's a hole in it and it's never been mended, so what does he do? He puts it in repair so it can function like it was intended to. Okay? So we got to take these people that God has saved and repair them, repair them from what sin has done in their life, from whatever, we've got to repair them and mend them. It was used in the medical field of setting a bone, like an orthopedic surgeon set the bone. And uh, you've got the bone, but when it's broken, it just can't lift, it cannot function. So the picture is the people of God need to be mended. The people of God need their bones set. He said in Second Timothy 3.16 that all scriptures inspired of God is profitable for doctrine. That verse 17 said, in order that the man of God might be thoroughly outfitted for every good work. Amen. The curriculum to become equipped is to come to know the word of God. Now, you don't have to know Hebrew, you don't have to know Greek, and you don't have to know, you don't have to know all the kings of Israel, but you need to know the message of the Bible. What does it teach? And I've been around so many ignorant Christians. They, you know why men don't like to come to church? They're intimidated because of their ignorance. They can run a company. They can be a top electrician. They can be a top this, a top that. And as soon as we come to church and we say, turn to Genesis, they're asking their wife, where's that? That's why oftentimes pew Bibles, you just tell them the page number. To, it's to be friendly. It's to take away intimidation from people. What if I said turn to Lamentations? Oh, well, how about Habakkuk? It takes you the next 20 minutes. Just don't look at the index. <laughs> See, and you don't have to worry about the Bible order as much. What does it teach that has an effect on me? I, I need to be equipped. Uh, 
And I need to be made functional. Zeal without knowledge is dangerous. You're liable to be jumping off of buildings. Because I feel like if he bore Jesus up, he can bear me up. You know, you really need to understand that verse before you jump. You got zeal, but not knowledge. And I'll tell you something else. Knowledge without zeal is dangerous. I, I know, but I don't have any push. I don't have any burn to pass it on. So, all of God's people were meant to be equipped, equipped, and made ready for service. Number two, he said, the equipping will manifest itself, too, that they will do works of ministry or of service. Uh, so, a guy says, well, I'm equipped. The next thing I can ask, uh, okay, you, you claim to know a lot. What do you do in the way of Christian service? Uh, no, I, I don't feel called to any of that. We used to kind of kid about spiritual gifts. If you ask a guy to do something, he said, no, that's not my spiritual gift. No, your gift is laziness. Your gift is uh, you, you don't have enough sense to see the need and just meet it. You're equipped to serve. And so a guy or a gal, whoever, I, oh, I know the Bible in forward and backward. Well, where are you ministering? Where are you having a ministry to one another? Uh, well, I, I'm not into that. I, you hear this. I've already served my time. How old are you, 30? What do you mean you served your time? No, no, no. Well, I got hurt. Well, everybody has. Welcome to the club. You must be a human being living among sinners. We got to stop whining. We got to step up. Am I doing what Christ saved me to do? And he's given men, and today there's so many. You know what? If this ministry wasn't equipping you, how many radio preachers are out there going? Some good ones. Uh, does anybody have access to internet? They actually have all kinds of... If you want Bible information... Should you go stupid? I can't hear any of you. Yeah, answer me. I'm giving you that permission. And so I said, have I been equipped for service? That, that's the goal. Okay. Then, watch what he says. Then when I'm equipped for service, third thing that happens, I'll be able to be building up the body of Christ. I'll be building up the body of Christ. The word is edify or to build up. Uh, a nice verse that goes right with this is 1 Thessalonians 5.11. And look what that says. Who edification hangs out with. I like this. 1 Thessalonians 5.11. Therefore, encourage one another and build one another up just as you are doing. Uh, do any of you ever see, do we still have encouragement cards in the lobby? We do? Anybody here ever sent an encouragement card? One, two, three. I mean, this is the remnant. The rest of you discourage. They encourage. No, I mean, have you ever written it? Have you ever written an encouragement card to anyone? Have you ever uh, went to one of the children's workers and you just hand them an encouragement card as you picked up your child. He said, thanks so much for loving my child. Is that corny? Has any teacher here ever received one of those? 
We used to hand out encouragement cards all the time. At staff, we'd write, we'd write encouragement cards. I probably wrote my wife more that during that season than the other time. Try to encourage her to be a good wife. I mean, for, in thanking her for her ministry. I knew that'd wake you up. Uh, do you have in your bent and in your makeup the equipping, the, uh, the guidance that do you build up people around you? We're not talking a puff up. We're not talking about smoozing. We're talking about building them up in Christ. Uh, encourage them as a believer in a pagan world. If they get around with you, a good test sometime is just ask this. When you're with people, just put out a monitor. See what this person did for you. That's not really fair, but we do it. What did they, after having been with them, do I feel built up or jumped onto? Built up or ignored? And then, and then I think the fair question is, is what effect do you think you had on them? It's mutual. It's in the body. This is supposed to be body life. Dynamic. That if you come down here on Sunday and you're around a bunch of saints, it ought to be the edification meeting of the week. You ought to get built up. You ought to get built up. Not frozen. I, don't, I grew up in a small Pentecostal church, South Richmond. There's only maybe 50, 60 of us. But I grew up in old-fashioned testimony services. Anybody ever been in those? Okay. You can hear a lot of poodle stories, and I'm talking about naval and stuff like that. But my father would tell us, because they always kind of waited. The testimony service was open, and my dad would always say, I always go to church prepared to edify the saints. He's the only man I ever heard say that. Now, we don't have open testimonies as a whole. One reason we found out a lot of people, the bigger the crowd, they don't feel comfortable doing it. But so you have to do it one on one. But he always, he always had a verse. Yeah, he said, "I don't go to church. I'm prepared." What did you do? In your mind, just think the way our church life is. Did you come prepared to edify anyone? It's just questions. I'm not trying. I don't want to make you guilty because guilt has short-term effects. I'm just asking you, for you, real questions. Do we do we even think this way in church? If I go down there, I just pray for a short sermon and good donuts. I will be blessed. Or you think, I want to be a blessing. I intend to be a blessing. Saints who are being taught, they become equipped. The nets mend it in their life. They will engage themselves in service. You know what? If you're not serving someplace in the body, you're either not saved or you're in disobedience. It's, it's not, and it didn't have to be a formal, I'm a Sunday school teacher, I'm a deacon. Oh, no, no, cut that. I'm involved in serving the living God. I, I am serving the living God. I mean, that's what he says. Then... We always say, what is a mature saint? One is he's a serving saint. And then they're a saint that knows how to build up others. Some of you, uh, do you know how to do that? Could we send you to the dying? 
and you go next to them, could you say a word to a woman about to become a widow as she watches her husband die, what would you say? What would God say? See, the Bible, you don't have to be profound. Just pass on what God has said. Now he goes on. He says, we want to do this until we all attain to the unity of the faith. What is that? And of the knowledge of the Son of God. And the word knowledge there is experiential knowledge. To mature manhood. To the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. God wants you to look like Christ eventually. You're growing. And it's wonderful to be a child when you're a child. It's terrible to act like a child when you say you become an adult. So child is a wonderful thing. But our natural logic thing is to become mature. Think of this child. I can't change my diaper. I can't get my nourishment. I'm dependent on my mother. I'm de- I, they're totally dependent. And that's a phase. That's all right. We got. But Paul said, when I wanted to treat you like adults, you were still acting like kids. First Corinthians 3. You're fussing with each other all the time over the toys in the playroom. You're, you're immature. I want to feed you meat, but you can only take milk. Milk is food digested by another. If you don't know it, honey, the cow did the digesting. You're drinking the product. A little gross. Water sounds good right now. But milk is something that you're always you're always living off of other teachers doing the digest can you read the bible and get anything out of it for yourself or are you teacher dependent god gave teachers but he doesn't want you to be teacher dependent he wants you to learn to read the word yourself and have god talk to you through it but he said i'm wanting you to come to the unity of the faith now Faith is used two ways. It's used of subjective faith. I believe God. That's subjective. But it's also used of the body of truth, the object of my faith. Jude said, I wanted to write to you about salvation, but I had to talk to you about the faith. Once for all delivered. Now, listen to this. I want you saints there at Ephesus to come where you are unified in your understanding of the great truths of Scripture. I don't want this dogma, this heresy. I want you to come under that. And what what did he do to guide this? In the first six verses of chapter 4, he gave them seven areas I want all of you to be agreed upon and to understand. Listen to him. Chapter 4. He starts in verse 4. There is one body. What is the one body? Two. Am I hearing blank? Is there a Presbyterian body? Pentecostal body? Baptist body? How many bodies? What? There's one church. A lot of people are fussing over labels. But who cares how you label an empty can? What matters is you having something in your soul. One church. And this is Truth For Today, the radio ministry of Valley Bible Church here in Hercules, and our teacher and pastor, Pastor Phil Howard. 
Thank you for spending time with us today. As always, it is a pleasure and a delight studying God's Word with you that we might mutually grow in our love and admiration for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. If you have questions about today's program, maybe you have a question about your own walk or relationship with the Lord, we would love to talk with you. No strings attached. Give us a call, and we'd be more than happy to answer any questions we can or pray with you. Our phone number is 855-833-9864. Again, you can reach us at 855-833-9864. If you would rather write to us, here's our address, 1511 M. Sycamore Avenue, Suite 278. We're here in Hercules, the zip code 94547. And again, even if it's a simple thank you for the broadcast, we'd love to hear from you. It's always a delight knowing that these programs are being used by the Lord for your growth in Christ. So again, you can reach us by phone, by mail, or better yet, stop by our website and drop us an email. Let us know you paid us a visit. You can find us at truthfortodayradio.org. That's truthfortodayradio.org. As you stop by, don't forget to drop us an email and take advantage of the many resource materials we have available for your growth in Christ. Again, it's all there at truthfortodayradio.org. And then if you would like to join us here at Valley Bible Church for worship, Sunday services are at 9 and 11, and directions can be found at our website, truthfortodayradio.org, or by calling 855 833 9864. As you contact us, would you also prayerfully consider partnering with us financially? We're able to continue the radio ministry through your generous financial support. And whether it's a one-time gift or a monthly donation, no size is too small or too great. We'd love to hear from you and know that you are partnering with us for the furtherance of the gospel. So contact us today at 855-833-9864 or stop by truthfortodayradio.org. And then come back and join us next time for another broadcast of Truth For Today with Pastor Phil Howard. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here. Here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. Salemnow.com.